0: people think that they're invulnerable they want to act like they're invulnerable they want to put on a show that they're invulnerable with one of their masks i think that's one of the if i had to think that's probably what most people do because they're afraid of being vulnerable and being vulnerable sometimes means having to ask for help
1: ashanti and welcome to the taking off the Mask podcast where men get real um, as you can see i'm on location i'm here in a library um, we've never filmed in a library before um, the only time we have been at a library is in new york i was in front of the new york library um, but this is raining outside so i couldn't record outside today but i got permission to come inside here and what a beautiful space today sharing his mask is kevin cho kevin is a major in the u.s air force Um, He's also a critical care nurse practitioner serving in South Florida. Kevin and I um, met at the U.S. Surgeon General award ceremony in Washington, D.C. He was one of the other recipients of the Surgeon General's medallion. And man, what a beautiful heart, beautiful brother, beautiful man talking about his own mask, the work that he does in the medical industry to work to save lives the things he's probably seen, but the ability for him to keep going back every day to do more work, to save lives. So thankful for his service is, uh, you'll see that in his recording, he's in front of a mini library. So I thought that it would be good to uh, see if I could find a way to connect, you know, since the back of my desk doesn't have my books behind it. Um, but I'm now, here in a library, the San Leandro Library. You maybe hear me whispering a little bit. I'm doing my best to not uh, talk really loud, but I am really thankful for this space and for these books. I don't know how much you know, I really love books. I probably have more than should fit in the space that I have available, but I love it. And there's lots happening here in the library. So thank you for being a part of the Taking Off The Mask podcast with us. This conversation with Kevin is a beautiful one. Um, Not only do we get to meet Um, in D.C., which was the first time we met face to face, but I've been able to follow his work online and just see his heart for people, his heart for the medical industry and how we can do better about taking care of each other. So important. Thank you for being a part of this journey with us. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Kevin, Um, hearing a person who has seen life and death. It's hard to talk about death. But in the season of our work with Ever Forward and my work with the learning experiences, we were talking about, who are you missing? And I know that today, as I'm continually doing that work, as we talk about these masks today, I'm excited for you to really learn more about people around our work. I hope you know somebody who can benefit from this conversation share it with them. Maybe you know somebody who's trying to figure out their career journey or figure out their path, and maybe the conversation with Kevin will inspire them. Thank you for being a part of the journey with us. We'll see you soon. Please enjoy today's episode with Kevin Cho. Bye now. Kevin Cho, welcome to the Taking Off The Mask podcast. It's so glad to have
0: you. Thanks so much. It's Great to be
1: here. I've already made an intro to you, but I just, I'm so thankful for you. I wanna, I wish I, I what I should have done, I should have been prepared. I should have, I brought the gift you sent me cause I'll never forget it. But how about this? Before we jump into this show, will you just um tell folks who you are, what you want them to know about you, and then we'll we'll jump in after
0: that. Uh Sure. My name is Kevin. I was born in Korea, lived in the States most of my life, adopted by my parents. When I was a baby, I came and lived across Michigan, and then Florida became my home, and I've been there ever since. Uh, I work in the public hospitals as a nurse practitioner in the ICUs. Down in Miami most of the time when I'm a civilian, but right now I'm uh on my military uh, side of things, uh, wearing my military hat. As a medical officer in the U.S. Air Force.
1: Awesome. When you think about officers, I, I actually, um, when I was in college, I was actually envisioning that I was going to en- join the officers program at at the university I went to, and um, I, I don't. It was I'm in engineering, so I was looking at the Corps of Engineers, and I was looking at all the ways that I could use engineering, and then, um, and then I I ended up going to the civilian world. But thank you for the work you're doing, man. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we connected partly because of what we did during the pandemic. I would say that uh, it really is just as needed as teachers, as parents, as, as mentors. Like, I think that all of the service everyone does is so necessary in a, in a world that everything is connected and everyone is connected. So uh, happy to be part of it. Yeah.
1: I was thinking about like this conversation and the fact that, you know, you and I were recipients of the Surgeon General Medallion. That's when we had a first face to face, and I was just so reading, learning about you, and reading about you. Uh, you know, before that award was, I was so just excited, happy, and then it gets to meet you in person and feel that energy that comes through the screen so so beautifully. But this is about our are these masks, you know. I mean, I, I would love to talk more about that, but I definitely was um, was thankful for uh, for being able to meet you face to face there. As a guest, you get to decide who goes first. As a guest do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? And what we'll do first is we'll share the front of the mask and then, you know, say whatever you want to say about it and then we'll um, share the back. And then the conversation will go where it's supposed to go. There's no, it's not an interview. So whatever, you know, you have a question for me, I have a question for you. Maybe there's something comes up that you want to dig into and we can do that, but it's an opportunity for us to just get to know each other better, you know?
0: Uh, Well, I think it's, it's, it's your house. So why don't you go first and I'll take your lead.
1: Okay. Well, when, uh, when we invite guests here, they're family. So you are, <laughs> this is your house too, brother. So looking at our di- different backgrounds, we can tell we're at different houses in the moment. So we'll, we'll take there. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's what, I, here's what my drawing is today. And, uh, and then here are the words. Happy, caring, hardworking. And I think, um, I don't know if I've ever written happy on the front. I think I have usually write funny on the front. When I wrote it, I was actually going to erase it. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's not a word you write on the front. And I think um, uh, maybe this is all part of the journey, right? Happen. I mean, I, I, like when I drew the picture, I drew them in like this light blue. The, can you see the tears? Like, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: I'm just realizing I didn't draw a mask. I just only read half the instructions.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no worries, no worries. You know, a drawing will come to you in the future and it will and you'll share it <laughs> with us. Um, yeah. And so I think I'm I think the reason I wrote happy, maybe subconsciously, is that I'm doing my best to show happiness right now because I think when we get to the back, there's a lot of deep other stuff going on. And so I think what I'm trying to show is I'm trying to like, hey, how you doing? I'm really trying to Push it out because normally I'm hardworking. I'm, I mean, hardworking is definitely one of my more common words, but it is a, a true thing that I do. Let people see. I think I'm caring, and maybe it's just a season right now that's just uh It's it's very. Uh, when you asked me before the show, like how 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 are you? You said how are you, and I'm like, um, well maybe this is a good time we're a good thing we're about to have this real talk because i can like say <laughs> i'm good to make sure all the recording stuff is right and then i can also be honest and say actually yeah it's a it's a, there's some more going on than you can see you know yeah yeah not
0: so so,
1: good. yeah i would yeah it's almost sometimes I, I think i have a hard time even saying when it's not so good just because i'm so used to being taking care of others and so even addressing it sometimes is not even finding the right words for it without feeling like like I'm being a burden or feeling like I'm bothering people which is exactly what people say in the workshop. so why don't they tell people they don't want to be a burden they don't want to bother people And when they say it I'm like yep <laughs> yep and all this all they're saying in that work is like yeah and so I know that in this you know this work of this movement the million mask movement but also this podcast is me doing my doing my own work as well and, and inviting the other people to just name what they're going through, you know? So that's the front, brother.
0: I think there's something so powerful in the community of um, invulnerability. Like people think that they're invulnerable. They want to act like they're invulnerable. They want to put on a show that they're invulnerable with one of their masks. I think that's one of the, if I had to think that's probably what most people do because they're afraid of being vulnerable. Yeah. and being vulnerable sometimes means having to ask for help and i think that is, uh, and i and i especially I, I think for folks who are expected to be there for other people in 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 some way in any way that that is meaningful uh asking for help is incredibly distressing uh difficult and i think that you're not alone in that i mean i, w- I would say that uh, a version of, of that same feeling is on is on my, uh, my mask what I show people what I, what I don't, uh, I think it's very, if anything, I hope that it brings people together to realize that 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 vulnerability is, is real and is everywhere. Asking yeah. for help is necessary. Oof.
1: It is, I think it's necessary and, and it's also hard, right? It is necessary. And I think it's also important. I mean, it's necessary yeah. and it requires you to be a person who can trust that I'm going to put it out there and hopefully the person will receive it in the best way and won't run away like oh, I don't want to talk I can like the the, the fear of yeah. that we may have is like you would tell somebody and they're like they look give us a look or they like whatever messages that we have told people that didn't get received like we wanted them to get received I'm saying we I'm saying I sometimes I'm wondering if no, I'm going to yeah. if I'm going to project if I if I actually project on this person that they are going to do the worst thing that someone ever did, right? So I'm gonna, they're gonna run away, they're gonna go tell somebody, they're gonna laugh, they're gonna, like, make me wrong for the feeling I'm having, and I think I oftentimes hear those messages as I wanna connect and wanna get deeper, but it's often easier just to say, "I'll just say, I'm good. Oh, I'm good, good, how are you? So that has to happen in a split second, because somebody asks you, you don't have time to ponder all that, like, in a long philosophical thought, right? (laughs) they would be like, hey are you did you hear me do you hear my question you know you like
0: you got to process it quick like
1: boom 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 like in a a moment you know
0: i mean it takes sincerity it takes uh emotional capital which we don't always have even to admit to ourselves and it takes trust three things that don't always come in everyday conversation uh, Mm. or private or public
1: Mm, thank you all right well now you your turn you get to go to the front oh yes yeah
0: front okay the front
1: just a front because i
0: didn't follow instructions uh, like I, <laughs> I didn't draw a mask somebody didn't see one but i did i did i did write two qualities so
1: oh, okay these are
0: three things that i like i think i like people to see okay um, try to be bold bold in the fact like i'm mm-hmm. able to uh think forward think ahead uh that i'm always understanding of people's differences or their difficulties or their troubles and that uh that I'm confident in, in what I know, what I don't know, yeah. and uh, those are th- those are probably the three things in, in medicine, in the military, in the classroom that I try to project. Whether or not uh, I'm successful or not is uh, probably debatable.
1: Mm. Thank you, thank you. Bold, understanding, confident. and confident. Maybe when we get to the back, will some of this will come up. But something. Oh, I'm well. sure <laughs> Oh well. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's go to the let's go to the back, and then. Let's let the, the all the cure- cause uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ready for the back? It's my turn. Oh go yes, first? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. I was, when you, well, the reason I was thinking about the bold and confident, right? Like those are these really beautiful, I mean, I think they're beautiful qualities. And I, sometimes I think in our world, when you're bold and when you're confident, it gets mis-di- is mis, mis, uh, misdefined by others. In the world, you know, um, I, I've seen that happen, and so sometimes I think, yeah, so that's where my thoughts were coming. But I'm, I'm and sure maybe if I, maybe if I were more bold, I would, I would talk more about how I really feel. I think that's actually the area that I'm actually wanting to. I want to, I want to be able to use that on the front of my mask. I don't think I've ever written the word bold on the front of my mask, and I, 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 I connect with that word. I think when I'm talking to friends, I'll say I'm, I'm
0: kind of bold, <laughs>
1: kinda. <laughs> I then put a, put a qualifier in front of it. But I, yeah, maybe I, this is.
0: I say bold because I am truly, I'm sincerely interested in people's life stories, that, where they've come from, their experiences. There's a medic here that, um, long story short, because I don't want to take up a whole hour, but, but long story short, she was in a war zone 10 years ago, uh, was in a place where they were attacked, ran for her life, and turned around to see medics running towards the smoke. Burning, dropping everything they had, not even their gear to keep them safe, just their stuff to help save lives. And they went and ran into the smoke to go save lives. And they did. And she wasn't a medic at the time, but she was She was determined after seeing that, that chaos, that fear, it gave her hope and it gave her inspiration. And now 10 years later, she's a medic here in another place, another time. And learning those stories is incredibly personal. I think it's incredibly inspiring, but it's also, kind of bold just to ask someone you just barely met. I, I probably learned this about her the second day we met, but as you see on the back, it's, it's often because I'm trying to cover something else up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm sincerely interested, it's easier to learn about them than to talk about me. Oh, if man. Makes
1: sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. I Maybe this is where it's, where it's coming in right now. So I'm going to take to the back of mine. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm having to, um, in this season, I'm having to like be really mindful because I carry, I'm carrying all this heaviness, so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just go. This is that part of vulnerability you were talking about. So was, I probably wrote it messy, so that <laughs> I don't even want to read it. But heavy sadness, worry, and fear, and um, oof, I already feel it coming up. So um, a lot of sadness happening in my in my world today, in in this season. Um, my grandmother passed 2020 January. And I kind of just, I mean, it was the middle of a busy season, but it's also right before the pandemic, right? So I was just dealing with a lot of um, suspended sadness because I was like, I'm the youngest grandson, but also my cousins, some of my cousins were acting, uh, acting foolish and being really greedy and hands stuck out and a lot of ugly stuff was happening. And I was like, I always saw this in the movies. I was always saw it in the movies. And I almost was like, nah, this wouldn't happen to us, right? I never could have even imagined, never didn't even planned, you know, didn't even think about what would happen when my grandmother was gone, but I definitely didn't expect to see what I saw happening. And I just, I just was like really upset, but trying to like also be, trying to be take care of the, the business that needs to be taken care of, but also dealing with the chaos of family grief and family ugliness, you know? And I think that I suspended it. I just, you know, I missed her, but I didn't, I didn't fully grieve, you know? Like I think, um, just one m- my cousins planned a ceremony for her and they didn't even check with my schedule i was out of town like i'm like how do you plan a ceremony for our grandmother and you don't even make sure that i my schedule fits and they're like well you know you can have your you can, you can create your own ceremony if you want and i'm like what did you say like what did, like and i and i'm trying to like be rational but also be a human and like and i just want because i wanted to just go into like Fu mode, like, but I know that wasn't gonna make it better, and it wasn't gonna solve the problem. But I was in that mode. But I was just grieving and dealing with these this this deep deeper sadness that my family was doing that. So that's what was happening. And then just you know, just two days ago, today is Wednesday now, so three days ago, my cousin passed um, here in the Bay Area, and um, it was it's just been like it it was heavy. It came out of nowhere. Sunday got a call from his my aunt. And she was like, "He's gone," and I'm like, "Huh?" And um,
0: were you, I, were, you cl- were you close with them? You close
1: yeah, to them. yeah. He was in. We were both in education. Um, like we were. I mean, we talked. I mean, last time I talked to him was right before New Year's, when we had a chance to hang out. We didn't we didn't hang out a whole lot, but his office used to be right here where my office was, so I would see him almost every day. And then he moved to a new office, so I didn't see him as often. But yeah, just like yeah, I think um close relatively to somebody who you can have a real talk with and really take off the mask. And every time we had a talk, it was mask off immediately. It was not a whole lot of how's the weather, how's the blah, blah, blah. It was like, how's it going? What's up? And we were just like, we, we knew we can hold that space for each other. So, yeah, it was, um, yeah, feeling that toughness right now. Um, And then worry and fear of the other two. But I think right now the grief, and and I think I was just in the process of Beginning to like say, okay, I need to process this gr- grandmother grief from three years ago, almost four, you know, 2020. And as I start processing that, this happens. So it's like boom, boom, whap, pap, you know? And then yesterday, a young man who was in Ever Forward, he started when he was like 14, 15 years old. He's now like 30. His dad passed just yesterday. And I'm like holding space, right? He was just in this mode of like, but, and that's, I think that's the caring part, right the caring part is like absolutely this is this is what I enjoyed not only I enjoy doing it, this is what i I've known him more than half his life right i mean he's he's a part of my life, and I think holding space for him to go through this grief also and knowing that i didn't no one made room for me to do it so i i'm I'm really conscious that, to make room for people to do that in a healthy way so Anyway, those are things that are just heavy right now, so I'll I'll stop there. But yeah, thanks for letting me share.
0: I think the, one the, four things. <laughs> Number one, if I can say anything about about loss, about the end of life or the end of mm. uh, the end of an era, I think that people don't only mourn the loss of the person they love; they also mourn the loss of the fantasy that they had for themselves, their family their loved ones. Um, I recently lost my my uncle. The family has been kind of uh, strained over the last few years. And I think that speaking to my mom about her sister, her brother-in-law, my uncle, uh, their family, I always had this fantasy upon which uh, I, I, I built so many great memories as a kid, even though there were a lot of masks that they wore, not in front of me sometimes, but in front of the world. And I think uh, part of the thing that you're 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 missing, not is not only your grandmother and not only your cousin, but also the mourning the loss of the fantasy upon which you created your your life experience. It's not a it's not a bad thing. I think it's a very natural thing. We we expect and, and hope and 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 want the best for those we love, those we care about. And I think when they disappoint us, like perhaps sounds like your family kind of did after, after the loss of your grandmother, that we also mourn mourn that. That sense of comfort and home that we've built for a lifetime, I think. For some reason, all my social media has been sending me this stuff in Spanish. I guess as my Spanish has <laughs> gotten better over the last 10 years, and my, my Instagram has become bilingual. But there was this commentator talking about friends, two types of friends. Friends that are like bonsai trees and friends that are like, that are like cactuses. Mm. You can uh, water the cactus once a year, come back to it. It's still a cactus. Still happy to see you. Still still growing still blooming and then the bonsai tree that if you don't take perfect care of it it will it, it, uh, it will it will not be the same when you come back and there are friends like that when you have to nurture constantly talking and, and you know making sure they're okay you're okay and then there's the cactus the, the friends who are always there no matter where and no matter when and like i think losing some of my cousins especially some of them sound like more like a like one of those sibling cousins that you grew up with and spend your life with um that's i think it's it's uniquely difficult and i think that's and loss i think is something so so personal yet universal that i hope that people remember that it happens to anyone lucky enough to love or to care mm-hmm. and um and there's memories though that we've built help us to and, and our regrets not just the memories help us to provide a comfort that we wish we had the morning time that we wish we had for those that we are fearful are experiencing what we felt like you're like, like the, like, like, like the, not the kid, I guess he's almost my age. The, the, (laughs) the, um, ever forward club member that, that's that, that, that lost their father. Um, And I like to think that loss of any kind informs our ability to connect and Mm. to, to help others in a way that we wish, um, and hope, that everyone has access to and so I think mm. it's a it, it's it's a dark but beautiful thing that you can do by providing
1: that yeah yeah thank you man I think um that type of loss and that type of loss is one is that actually stands out to me a lot because my father died before I was born so I'm i I was mourning his loss in my mom's womb didn't know about it right but I I knew that when I showed up here on the planet I was a uh, a little boy is super emotional, right? Feeling every feeling. Like, feeling other people's feelings. Like, feeling for them. Like, wow, feel, people feel sad. I feel it with them. Empathy, right? Like, in a, in a society that says, no, hey, boys don't cry. Suck it up. What are you, what's wrong with you? Don't go help. Hey, stop helping everybody up when they fall. Why are you always so, like, what? I was a nurturer. Like, I was raising my siblings, so I was already at home raising kids before I even knew how to make a kid, you know? And I think that it, that that ability to be like it was just in me and it was those feelings were heavy so when when i started meeting young people in my life who also didn't have fathers i felt that right even though they always act really tough about it right yeah so yeah it's a it's a season and uh yeah i think this is just a opportunity and i think that even me trying to create content about it i want to make content but i'm like i don't want to be sound like i'm complaining i don't want to sound i i tell this is the message i tell you behind the where i'm like i don't want to be like all the things I say to myself, but I think those are the that's part of the journey too. so um, yeah man, thank you for listening. That's the back and and now's your turn. We you ready?
0: Yeah. Yes. the back is kind of like the opposite of the front, of the front like rather than being bold, I'm mm-hmm. often quite fearful of the of the decisions I make out of uh, fear that I'll hurt someone or that it was the wrong decision or that it won't help the way I hope. I always try to be understanding uh i'm not always successful but sometimes i'm i'm deeply disappointed in what i see in the world myself and other people but often just in myself but and, and then even though i try to be confident which i think is is is, 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 is expected in, in medicine as we talk about life and death and life-changing circumstances uh uncertainty is something that always haunts me and i think that uh, being bold understanding and confident with the backdrop of being fearful often disappointed and uncertain is um mm-hmm. i think dichotomy that's a um, part of my daily life most of the time
1: thank you for that because I, well, I guess that helps that me ask the question even better now when you wrote the bold and um confident have you ever operated in that way because it's what you're showing and found that people confuse it for arrogance or they called it something else that it wasn't, but they, like, I think I, because I'm sometimes afraid to show, show those things. I'm like, man, I wish I could be more bold. Like, like I have, I've, I've, I've made so many videos in that phone that I've just stuffed and sat on and just be like, ah, no one cares about that. And I, and that, that's, that's some boldness that I, that I'm working towards. I mean, it's like, man, you're old dude, Shanti. What What's taking you so long to get more bold, right? And I think I'm, there's and some things I'm really bold, like, and in some things I'm more like, nah, it doesn't need to be. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to share that. I don't need to post that. There's a song by Have you heard of Dax? Have you ever that a uh, uh, rapper named Dax? So he has a song called Eternity, which has been <laughs> ringing a lot of bells lately. And the last line of the, of, of it says, um. You know, are you giving more or are you taking, you know, in the world? Um, and then he says, if it were to all end tomorrow, what are you holding on to that the world needs to see? And it was like, and it's just like a, it's like con and I keep hearing it replaying. I've only heard the song like a week ago, the first for the first time, two weeks ago, maybe. And it's like, what are you holding on to that the world needs to see? Because, and life is so... Like we don't know what was going to life is going to be in. I didn't. I mean, my cousin was a young guy doing his PhD, right? He's like full of life, and and so I think like, okay, who knows when my last day will be? So am I just gonna? Are you gonna find all these journals after I'm gone and be like, oh my goodness, he could have written so much, you know? And he could have said so many things and. And I just, I fear get in the way. So my goal really is that. So I was asking you a question and then I just started talking. I'm sorry. I was really asking you. No, no, no.
0: I think I, I, I think that the, that fear of reckoning with your mortality, I think is like, honestly, out here, the very first, I'm trying to say what I can say safely. Yeah. The first, within the first two days that we arrived to, to, the, to, to, to this part of the world, there was an emergency in which we had to take cover and it was unexpected it, um, hadn't happened in this location probably, uh, for, for years, not to mention we arrived, uh, in the, in, in the, in the advent of the war in Gaza. And just, just, a, just, just last, just like 10 days ago, three American service members were killed in Jordan, which, which, uh, reminded me how uncertain life can be, but not only that. And this is reported publicly so I feel com- comfortable saying it I mean 30 40 more people were injured in, in the in the in the in the, in the attack and this is a small place where everyone knew everybody where uh, so many people were impacted that it, it it changed fundamentally how people could interact and I think it maybe th- it made me wonder about all these things but it also made me realize that as much as we was as much as we hold military service uh, on this pedestal. This is every day for so many people in the States that don't live in, in in neighborhoods upon which we would all call safe. This is every day for folks who are stuck in classrooms or stuck in food deserts that that are, that are, that are, that have been subjugated by systems that make it so difficult for them to reach out of poverty, reach out of so many generations of, discrimination, of, of subjugation, of, of institutionalized racism that it's crazy for me because not to make this too political, but both of the people running for president that are likely to be the nominees of their party were born before the end of Jim Crow. They were born before the end of redlining. They were born before the, uh, the Civil Rights Act, born before the Voting Rights Act. I mean, all of these things, and in fact, some, and in fact, in many cases, they were adults and or participating in these debates. For so much of America to expect that all the sins of our past have been pushed aside, have been relegated to history, have been atoned for, is is so incredibly wrong on so many, on so, and, and selfish. And so, as I thought about these these folks losing their lives, obviously, it's a tragedy here, but it's every day for so many people that are. That are that are still, uh, you know, at risk or impacted by violence in their own neighborhoods at home, and I think too many of us take it for granted, and too many of us separate this kind of violence from that kind of violence. We realize it's happening every day. We need to do better to address it. And I, and I think that being bold—I think that's what you were talking about about asking about being bold. Especially when I was younger, was mistaken for being arrogant or being a know-it-all, and uh, and I think if I'm honest with myself, sometimes I do think that I, in retrospect, was arrogant or did think I was a know-it-all. But I'd like to hope, even if it's not always totally accurate, that it was out of out of a uh, desire to do good, to fix something, to help something, to help someone, even if it's myself. Um, and I also think it's um, being bold is also a defense mechanism. And so fearful of what's to come or what may happen or what has happened and what could happen again. And that's a, a complex, it's a complex trait. And I think that you cannot be bold without experiencing and knowing what fear means. And it is just like, I don't think that you can be hopeful and be nurturing to that young man that lost his father without understanding what loss, or loss is like.
1: I mean, I think it's really powerful. Thank, thank you for saying that. Thank you for naming what we're about to experience in this next five, six, seven months. I don't even want to count, but it's about to be a, uh, about to be a new weightiness of heaviness of of what's happening in our world, definitely here in the United States politically, but also just in, in the world, I think. There's a lot happening. The AI, yeah. People are some people are excited, some people are freaked out. There the elections some people are excited, some people were freaked out. Like in everything, there's all these groups that are have different levels of feelings that they can show or not show. And I'm really hesitant to talk about politics in a lot of ways, but I as as I'm as I heard you speak, something something shifted in my mind in, in this context. And something said to me, I mean this is February right it's like history month um like if I'm ever going to speak about the injustice I have seen now I've not just seen it only in February I've seen yeah. it in my life but if I'm ever going to speak about something wouldn't this be a beautiful time to speak about it you know I think there, there was a company recently who who <laughs> that was a funny kind of, kind of funny story but it's not funny but it's also happened the day after I found out about my cousin right so they wouldn't have a meeting with me. They wouldn't bring me in to do a talk for Juneteenth, which is in June. It's been a year in planning, a year in planning. Long story short, they were trying to, like, negotiate my speaking rates, which is which okay. No problem. We can talk. We'll talk. I want to talk about it. I'm, I'm down to negotiate. But I was also, like, thinking how the irony that in February... And, and, and Not that it had anything to do with the timing of the call, but in February, this organization... Who had already given a deal, a discount? They're a they're multi million dollar organization. My little nonprofit is not that they had just not even the, uh, the 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 site that what they were asking me to do in Black History Month for a talk in June about Juneteenth. They were asking me a small little nonprofit to like, can you make your rates lower? <laughs> because our company doesn't really want to put a lot of money towards anything diversity wise. So, can you nonprofit, small guy, Oakland, California? Can you just give us a a, a lower rate? And I, I I don't think they intended it to be personal or re- disrespectful. I didn't. It wasn't my intent. It was more of how it was how I felt it. I mean, Rihanna. I said, you know what? I'm having a hard time with this conversation just I think I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to be professional. I said, and I'm smiling. I'm saying I'm saying it like this. I'm trying. I'm smiling because I know I'm on this video. We're on a video. <laughs> But then all of a sudden, I said, you know, but I think I need to take the mask off a little bit, you know? And I was like, be careful, Shanti. Don't take off all of them. Just take off two layers. How about just two? How about... (laughs) And I think somehow I was like in one of the wrestling matches, I just snatched the whole thing off. And oh, my goodness. I I forgot I was on camera. And I talked with my hands. And it was this moment of, like, I felt totally justify. I, I, I was not mean. I was not disrespectful. I was I was speaking mm-hmm. from the heart, but I oftentimes realize I don't talk like that because I'm oftentimes looking out for other people's feelings so much that I don't even speak what I really want to say. And I think in that moment after I finished, then all the fear, guilt, shame, worry, you know, but I was just ultimately in my mind, I said, Shanti, I felt so free. I felt I on felt one side free, and then the other side, Ashanti, even $3,000 is good for your nonprofit. If, even if, you know, like like me just like being will, like, well, it was a dance. I was, I was actually, I'm still processing what happened on that call because I think I've tried to like sh- forget about it. But uh, that, that moment of like, where do you get to a place to be bold and speak from a, a place of respect and honor and care, but not let people walk over you? And I think
0: I don't know. <laughs> I haven't I haven't mastered that yet either. That that's a very hard. It's a hard. It's hard. It's a hard. It's a. It's a hard. It's a hard balance.
1: It is a hard balance. Sometimes I wish it wasn't as hard, yeah. but I think in the in the world we live in, we oftentimes we have a world that tries to conform us to what they they want.
0: I I, I had to look up his name, make sure it wasn't wrong. But there was um. You know about the Tuskegee Airmen, I'm guessing Black History Month. The, the Tuskegee Airmen always seem to come up in in, in Black History Month. Yeah. The commander of the Tuskegee Airmen was uh, uh, General uh, Benjamin Oliver Davis Jr. And a lot of people knew about him, uh, and 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 he was able to conform enough to also change the narrative of uh, of what uh, people of color, specifically black people, but for for and uh, this honest truth. People like him changed the narrative on which all people of color and minorities in America could exist and do. Not to this again, not to glorify the military. I, 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 I have to be sensitive that, that, that I don't do that, but to to be able to be at the height of his career, commanding the one of the most consequential forces in American history, one of the most revered, at least in modern history, I think was was fundamentally able to change the course of how we treat Black people in the military. But what I didn't know this Black History Month was that his father, I had no clue about this, but his father, same namesake, uh, Benjamin O. Davis Sr., was actually the very first Black general in in American history and served all the way from the D.C. National Guard back in the late 1800s, all the way until World War II, like the Spanish-American War era all into World War II. And both of them, charted this path where conforming in a way that was also bold enough to make a difference in and and change history was something that they were able to balance and I, and I would also say that being bold uh enough to talk to someone uh, authentically uh, with with the full force of your sincerity and being uncertain about that is actually a good thing because it means we never take our own feelings into account so much that we forget everyone else's and i think that uh that uh, I, I totally understand why, you're, why you would feel like that uh, uh, when compared to like the, the revenues of this big organization. And I think it's their lack of empathy, maybe not intentionally, to even dare to ask that question. I think that's something that we can all learn from because I think it's that uncertainty that keeps us honest with ourselves, but also honest with others in a way that is, I hate to say diplomatic, but that is useful and that is mutual. I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I think, I think it's, it's natural and necessary that we're always fighting with our fear of being too bold or not bold enough. I think it's a good Mm. thing. I think so. I think so anyway.
1: Yeah. I love the way you said it in that way. I mean, you said, what I heard you say was to be bold enough to speak your feelings, how you feel, but not so much so that you don't think about the feelings of others. And I think yeah. th- I think that 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 having that balance, being on the right on the other side of I'm gonna be quiet because I don't want to make anybody feel any odd kind of way, as opposed to I'm gonna take that one little step in and I'm gonna say it while I'm also being mindful. Instead of being so mindful about how they're gonna feel about what I'm want to say. I'm going to just step in and say it, but also being mindful that of their feeling. I think that is, I I think that's, it it almost seems like two different things, but it's almost like, oh, I often stay on this side of the line. I think um, Parker Palmer, um, who is a, he's a writer. I know know him as a writer, but he has a a couple of the titles out there. He, in one of his books, he talks about this idea of the, I call it the critical gap, but he may, call, it, may it may be called the tragic gap. But there's a gap between where we are now and where we want to be. And I think what he asks us to do is he asks us to stand in the gap. Like, don't get stuck where you are. Where and I think that's this opportunity to stand in the gap. I think in that call, I was standing in the gap. Like, I'm not all the way there. Where I'm bold to say everything I really want to say, in a even also still being mindful of other people. But I was like. I need to speak this because if I if I hang up this call and don't say it, I'm going to be saying it. I'm going to be saying it already, but I'm going to be saying it to myself out loud in my mind. You didn't speak up for yourself, Ashanti. You didn't hold true to your own values or what you, you didn't honor, you didn't, you didn't honor yourself the way you always honor others. And I think I've been like in that moment of like, okay, the gap, me getting to where I really want to be, which is like as a sovereign being, being able to that I don't, that I feel like, it's not wrong for me to speak up about what I, what I'm feeling, what I need. And I think that that is a, a new journey. Is it? And I think that's the constant work they get to do. So yeah, thank you.
0: But it's how people change the world. I think. Yeah. By minding that gap in a way that brings people in and yeah. also changes their hearts.
1: There is. Cause if they can't hear you. You're not making any change. They, they they you get shut down. You shut you shut them down because of that. And I think I see that a lot in our in our community. Sadly, you know, when we met first face to face in D.C., I told you I can't wait to connect again. And I'm gonna say it here. I I I think we've just maybe scratched the surface. I'm thanking you for your committing your time to being here with us. I want. Is there anything you feel like you want to say right now? I'm hoping that this is not the last time you are here. I'm hoping that you come back. I'm hoping that you come back on the show again. I'm hoping, I mean, the, the vision of this show is to make a conversations that is like, what would it be like if men could come together and really be more authentic with each other? I think so many men don't have that. And studies show that men are feeling lonelier than ever. Not just men, young people, teens, people around the world, but definitely in this epidemic of what we're talking about in this show is making space for men just to, man, I feel like I know you a whole lot, a little bit, a lot more. I want everyone want to know, continue knowing you. What's calling you as we get ready to close out this show?
0: Well, number one, I think it is. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I've watched a couple episodes out here as the as the Wi-Fi allows, and uh, I was I was really really worried about being able to say something useful that would help someone. And uh, you know, being out in this desert, I I, I sometimes question why we're here. Um, you know, and you know, uh, but I remember that there there have been we have changed and saved at least one or two lives, and if that's one or two lives that that that's, that's all that matters. That's the reason why we're here. That doesn't have to be a hundred, it doesn't have to be a thousand. If just one is enough. And I hope that if just one person watches this or listens to this and feels like they can be more authentic to themselves and be more sincere to themselves. And also maybe who knows process loss, uh, process uh, mourning, bereavement in a, in, in a way that, that, that brings them peace. I think, I think, I think that, that the job was, that was done, but, um, I would say that I think loneliness is one of the uh, most dangerous, most insidious, most cruel and unfair experiences anyone can, um, anyone can live through. And I think sometimes people don't live through it. And that's why depression, anxiety, trouble sleeping, suicide, self-harm are so common. And, uh, we met because of the Surgeon General, and I would say that um, some of the work that he does on loneliness, it truly is an epidemic of global proportions, not unique to America, not unique to the West or the East. And I think that finding ways to be together, even when you're apart, are, are necessary components of, of, of humanity. And he once, in his book, he had said once that there's a difference between solitude and loneliness. And that fine line is sometimes hard to, to 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 discern. Minding the gap there is like minding the gap, I think, between boldness and fear and being able to talk about it, being able to be honest about it, I think is one of the first things we, we should do. But finding community in that loneliness is also something we should do and uh, keep the conversation going.
1: Let's do it. Let's keep the conversation going, brother. I am <laughs> so thankful that we got to make this happen. I, I appreciate you. I am I'm uh, cheering you on likewise. And um I look forward to seeing you when you're back face to face again.
0: Absolutely. And next time I'll follow instructions and actually <laughs> uh, draw a mask. Well maybe maybe
1: see maybe now you have an inspiration for your journaling practice sometime this week. I'm going to draw a mask and just you can just send me the picture of the mask. That'd be great. That'd be great. no 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 pressure, no expectation, but just now your creative juices get to have their own their own uh their own free space.
0: Absolutely. I have yeah. an idea
1: already. <laughs> All right. Well, look, folks, Kevin and I shared our masks here publicly. You don't have to share your mask publicly. You can go to millionmask.org and make your mask. And we look forward to you being a part of the journey with us. Kevin Cho, thank you for being on the show with me today. So good to know you more, brother. And I look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Likewise. You Take too. care.
1: Take care. Bye, folks. The Taking off the mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie and graphics by Kelly Wong guests are managed by dan paloma and the podcast is edited by samuel matingo we'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast and for every guest that has been a part of the show you are now a part of the taking off the Mask family The taking off the Mask podcast is brought to you by the ever forward club and if you like what you've heard today please subscribe write a five star review and share this with someone we look forward to having more conversations that matter and please remember there is more to you and anybody can see by just looking at you